Well, good morning. We want to welcome you to Broadway 1109. Won't you join us as we stand in worship together this morning? Come let us worship our King Come let us bow at His feet He has done great things See what our Savior has done See how His love overcomes He has done great things He has done great things Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and delight. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great praise him this morning faithful through every storm you'll be faithful forevermore you have done great things and i know you will do it again for your promise is yes and amen you will do great God, you do great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive, break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, he of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive, break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We thank you, Yeah. Hey. 
Amen. You can be seated this morning. We are so thankful that you're here. We're honored that you would spend some time out of your week with us here at Broadway. Uh, if you're a guest with us, maybe you're new here, we especially want to say welcome and that we are glad you're here. We hope you got a bulletin on your way in. On the side of that, there's a little perforated tab. Uh, that's our connection card. Oh, there they are. Um, that's our connection card. Uh, if you would do us a favor, just simply fill that out, tear it off, and you can drop it either in our offering plate here in just a few minutes, or if you missed that, that's okay. There's a second opportunity uh, on your way out at our welcome center at the back of our sanctuary. You can drop those off. Uh, we've got some little black boxes sitting on the desk. You can drop those off or hand them to an usher as you leave this morning. Uh, that's just our record of your visit here. Uh, we don't sell that information or use it in any way that you wouldn't want us to. That's just our way to get to know you a little bit and how we can best minister to you you and your family and those with you this morning. Uh, we are glad that you're here. We hope you're paying attention to uh, the bulletin and screens as you come in uh, so that you can stay up to date on all that's going on here at Broadway. Uh, but we're just thankful you're here. We're, here, we're going to have a great morning. Uh, we had a great revival last week, and we are expectant uh, that God is going to continue to do great things in our church. Amen? All right, let's pray together, and we'll continue. God, we thank you for the way that your spirit has been moving in the lives of our church. And God, we thank you that, uh, Lord, we had a, a great revival this past week. And, Lord, all the decisions that were made, those who came to know you and trust you for the first time. Uh, God, we thank you for those who uh, rededicated their lives to you and, uh, Father, repented and, and refocused on you. Lord, we thank you for those who have joined our membership. Uh, God, we thank you for all that you've done uh, in, the, in the past days at Broadway. And, Lord, we know that uh, you are faithful to finish that work. And so, God, we know and we're expectant and we're trusting you that you're going to continue that work here in our church. Lord, we just thank you that we get to be a part of it. God, now as we move into uh, a time of worship of you, Lord, we pray that you're exalted, that your name is lifted high, Lord, and that yours is the only name that's praised because yours is the only one that's worthy of it. Lord, we love you. We thank you most of all for Jesus and for the salvation that we have through him and the grace that you show us through him. And it's in his powerful and holy name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship together this morning. Ocean's rain. 
strong in the waters deep. I'm not alone here on these open seas. Cause your love never fails. The chasm was far too wide. I never thought I'd reach the other side. Cause your love never fails. You stay. You stay the same through the ages. Your love never changes. And they be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when the ocean I don't have to be afraid Because I know that you love me Your love never fails Let's sing this together You make all things work together for my good Let's rest in this promise this morning all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good you make all things work together for my good you make all things work together for my good see now you stay you stay the same through the ages But joy comes in the morning And when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid Cause I know that you love me Your love never Amen. We serve a faithful God this morning, don't we? You came from heaven's throne. Acquainted with our sorrow To trade the dead we owe Our suffering for our freedom The Lamb of God in my place 
Your blood poured out my sin erased. It was my death you died. I am raised to life. Hallelujah, the Lamb of God. Your name upon your heart. My shame upon your shoulders. The power of sin undone the cross for my salvation the Lamb of God in my place my blood poured out my sin erased it was my death you died I am raised to life Hallelujah, the Lamb of God. There is no greater love. There is no greater love. The Savior lifted up. There is no greater Sing that again. There is no greater love. There is no greater love. The Savior lifted up. There is no greater love. The Lamb of God. Put out my sin, erased it was my death. You died, I am raised to life. Hallelujah, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God in my place. Your blood poured out my sin, erased it was my I am raised to life. Hallelujah, the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God in my place. Your blood poured out my sin. Erased it was my death. You died. I am raised to life, hallelujah, the Lamb of God. Amen. You can be seated as our ushers come forward. Uh, we're going to move into the time of our service now where you're going to have an opportunity to give back. Uh, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the time of worship that we've had this morning, Lord, and now as we move into uh, a time where... Father, we can give a portion of, of what you have blessed us with. God, we pray that we'd give generously, that we would give faithfully, Lord, and that you would uh, take our tithes and our offerings and our gifts and that you would uh, use them to further your kingdom and your will. 
It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see His wounds, His hands, His feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears They laid him down in Joseph's tomb The entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone Won't you join us as we sing the chorus this morning? Oh, praise the name Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. break of dawn the son of heaven rose again oh trample death where is your scene the angels roar for Christ the King oh praise the name the Lord our God, oh praise His name forevermore, for in this we will sing Your praise, oh Lord, oh Lord our God, we shall return in a row of white the blazing sun shall pierce the night and I will rise among the saints my gaze transfixed on Jesus sing that chorus together. Oh, praise the name. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name 
Pregnancy Care Center. We've been here 12 years and we serve um, guys and gals that are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. About two years ago, I was in here about 6.30 in the morning and a knock was on the front door. I opened the door and it was one of my former students. She said, I can't believe you're here. She said, but I saw the light on and she said, I just wanted to talk a minute. And I was like, yeah, sure, come on in. And she was on her way to Charleston to get an abortion. And she saw my light. And I thought, wow, what if I hadn't have been here? What if the Appalachian Pregnancy Care Center had not been here as that girl was going through and was considering an abortion? And to make a long story short, that baby is alive and well. When I think about the many lives that have been touched and have been changed by the Appalachian Pregnancy Care Center, I smile because I get to be a part of that. All the churches that give across the state of Kentucky to the Liza Broadus offering get to be a part of that. You are a part of something huge. You're a part of God's plan. God's plan for life to give us hope and a future. Dealing with the clients, the young girls we deal with, the young guys we deal with, for them to be able to come into the pregnancy care center and feel hope at a very, very scary time in their young lives. It's priceless, it's priceless. And that's what we do here. And that's what the Eliza Broadus offering does. It offers hope, compassion, but mostly love. That's the Elias Broadus offering. What that is, is during the month of September here at Kentucky Baptist, um, our convention, we collect an offering. If you, if you get the um, offering envelopes mailed to you, you notice there's one in, the, in your offering packet in this month. It's called Eliza Brodus. And that's what that is. That's our state missions offering. So far, we've already collected, I believe it's in the bulletin, uh, $400. Our goal is $2,079. That's because of our record 
which was set in 2007, so that's our, our record goal. So that's encouraging to see Kentucky Baptists as we give and we, we put money in our offering plate, it goes towards helping ministries all over our state, including there in Pikeville. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 1. Then also in your Bibles, you want to flip over to the book of 2 Thessalonians. So we're going to look at two scripture passages, Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Then in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 through 3. If you have a bulletin, you want to pull out your bulletin insert here. Um, we're going to be looking here um, about a study. We're kicking off on our Wednesday nights. Kind of our new, our fall Wednesday night schedule kicks off this coming uh, Wednesday. What that means is our our Darlene's home cooking resumes at 5:30, so you need to come to that if you've never been to it. If you're, it's your first time, it's free, and if you're a college student, it's free. Otherwise, it's six dollars for adults, four dollars for children, with a family maximum of 15. It's a great deal for the Osmond family since we have six people. Well, you can't go anywhere and eat for 15 dollars except our church. So they lose money on us. Maybe they gain money for other folks. But um, we um, that kicks off this coming Wednesday. We also are going to begin a study on Revelation. So that's um, going to be in the fellowship hall at 6.30. Our children's ministry, our children's choir starts with Miss Amy Kelly over here at 6.30. So you can bring your children. That's for three years old through fifth grade. In this December, your children can be up here on the stage. It's called Little Drummer Dudes. So that's kind of um, that's our kickoff uh, this coming uh, Wednesday night, September 18th. So that's why we're going to be talking about this study here on Revelation tonight to begin what's going to start on Wednesday. I want to give a couple of updates here. We had a great revival. Chris mentioned it earlier. Keith Cook did a fantastic job sharing the gospel. Lots of decisions. God certainly moved. We collected a love offering him. It came in at um, $2,840. I really appreciate your giving. That was a great offering. He's now in Portland, Oregon. He's a Southern Baptist evangelist just traveling all over the place sharing the gospel. So Thank you for giving to, your, to the love offering. You know, he, he doesn't work for a church. He just travels around and just lives on whatever folks give. So we're very, and there's not a lot of evangelists left, so they're very grateful for that. I have a thank you letter here I want to read. Two, three weeks ago, we had a Sunday night uh, concert. It's called Prayer and Praise with His Heart. Well, that was for a young man who's battling leukemia. His name is Stephen Huff. His parents go to our church, um, David and Glenda Huff, his dad, David's a deacon, just wonderful family. They're at MD Anderson Hospital in Houston right now, and we wanted to, uh, we collected a, a great offering for them, almost $6,800, our lo largest love offering ever. But he wrote us a thank you note, and I wanted to write to it. This is from David and Glenda, Stephen and his wife April, and their one-year-old little daughter named Claire. It says, Dear Church Family, we're so sorry we couldn't be present for the wonderful and uplifting concert by his heart and the special prayer service for Stephen and us. We're able to watch it on Facebook Live and can feel the Holy Spirit's presence and his love so that it was so evident in all of you. Seeing all of you come forward to the altar and lay hands on April's family and pray to God in one accord for Stephen's healing was so heartwarming and uplifting. It brought tears to our eyes. Please continue praying with us that God will heal Stephen. We all know God performs miracles and we believe he will heal Stephen, Matthew, 20, not Matthew 19, 26 says that Jesus, Jesus said that with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Psalm 73, 26 says we are reminded that in our flesh and our heart may fail us, but in God's strength our hearts will be our portion forever. 
we keep trusting God as Stephen continues on this hard road to recovery. Please continue praying for Stephen's strength, endurance, and healing. We want to thank you for the love offering that you gave us. We were overwhelmed by this act of love and for our family. We cannot thank you enough. We also want to thank his heart for foregoing their love offering and requesting it to be given as part of our offering to our family. Your Christian love and fellowship is like honey to our lips. We're so glad you're sticking with us. May you all truly be blessed by your outpouring of love for us. We miss you all so much and yearn to be back at Broadway. Please continue praying for us and we look forward to seeing you when God is finished healing Stephen with grateful and loving hearts, the Huff family. So I did, I want to read that note. We continue praying for this young man and his family as he battles leukemia. So that's an encouraging word from his family. Open your Bible, Revelation chapter 1. The book of Revelation, I want to give you some background information on this book. I'll first read the first, <coughs> first verse of this. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. What is going on here in the book of Revelation? Is there's usually two extremes most people fall in this book. You, you're either on what I call the fanatic side, meaning all you do when you open your Bible is you're reading the book of Revelation. You open up the, well, nobody opens the newspaper anymore, but you turn on the TV and you're, you're seeing things going on parts of the world and go, that's a fulfillment of chapter 11, that's chapter 13, that's chapter 19. You're looking at everything through the lens of what's going to happen. The other extreme is you find yourself over here thinking, well, I've read the book, but I don't understand anything, so I'm just not going to bother about it. I know Jesus ends at the wind, in the end. It's just too hard for me. So it's like you don't study it at all, or you study it all the time. Well, there's a happy medium you want to fall in, and that's where we want to land. You need to be fully aware of what the Bible says about the book of Revelation. You might not understand it, and no one does understand it. I mean, God didn't want us to understand and try to figure out. It's a mystery. Some of the things and some of the imagery that's used in there, you can just, it's, it's beyond our imaginations and our understanding. But we cannot neglect this book. It says here, to, it was made known by sending his angel, John, this angel John, to the servant. So what happens here, John, let me tell you who he was. This is the Apostle John. He was one of the inner three, Peter, James, and John with Jesus. He was on the uh, Mount Transfiguration with Jesus. He also wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. What happened, John lived to be a long time, probably 90, maybe close to 100 years old. Book of Revelation, along with 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, are the, actually the last few books of the Bible written. Uh, in, in, in recorded in scripture. So what happened was, John was from Jerusalem, from Israel, and he found himself, because persecution broke out against the church, he found himself in this city called Ephesus. <coughs> Ephesus is in Bible times, it was called Asia Minor. Now that's called Turkey. That's where, they, that's where the Christians went to, in that region there in Turkey, in southwestern Turkey. And what happened was, there in about his last 10, 15, possibly 20 years of his life, John was arrested 
and he was sent to an island, and the island is called Patmos. We know this because if you read Revelation 1-9, it tells you the name of the island. And what happened in Patmos, it would be kind of like Alcatraz. If you've ever been to San Francisco, what you need to do is you need to go tour Alcatraz, which was a prison out in the middle of the bay there. And so a great place, if you have prisoners, where do you want to put them? You put them out in the middle of the ocean, that way they really, nobody's going to mess with them, they're just kind of out there. Well, that's what Patmos, Patmos 40 miles off the coast, in the middle of the Aegean Sea, which is the northern Mediterranean Ocean. And John found the last couple of decades of his life, he was in prison with a bunch of other prisoners. He's just on this island, it's a Greek island, just kind of out there. And what happened, while he was out there, that is when God sent an angel to reveal the end times to him. And that's what the book of Revelation, there's two apocalyptic books in the Bible. The Old Testament book is Daniel. The New Testament book is Revelation. Apocalyptic means the future. We're looking ahead. One of the great ways to understand the book of Revelation, let's, let's go back in time and say it was the year... 25. That would be five years before Jesus made himself known. So Jesus was on earth at year 25. He was 25 years old, but in year 30 is when he revealed himself and he got baptized and started his ministry. If it was year 25, do you know what would be going on? We would not have a New Testament. We would be reading our Old Testaments, but we would also know in the Old Testament it was talking about a Messiah would be coming. It would be talking about these great things, about this kingdom of God that was soon going to occur. But all we would know is the Old Testament. And it would be challenging for us to fully understand the Messiah and everything that was going to happen because we had clues throughout every book in the Old Testament, but it wasn't clear. It didn't say a man named Jesus was going to come and be looking for him even though he was actually right there on earth, but nobody knew. So that's kind of how we are today with Revelation. We now have the New Testament, it's 2019, but we could be in the end times right now, we just, we don't know. Because until after the second coming of Christ, then we will look back and say, oh, that's how it all played out. Oh, we were living at that time period. So that's how, when you look at the scriptures, you have to understand this is, we could be, when we read this book of Revelation, we could be right in the middle of right now and have no clue. So let's keep going here. Verse 2, it says, this is about John, who testifies to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, whatever he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep what is written in it, because the time is near. This is interesting. This is the only book of the Bible that tells us that we are blessed if we read aloud. So it's important that you read it out loud. You, you shouldn't shy away from this book. Read it at home. And not only that, we are blessed if we keep the words of this prophecy. Because why? Why is this important? Because the time is near. At any moment, the Bible tells us, Jesus could return. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew, He will split the eastern sky. The reason it comes from the east is the sun rises from the east. Jesus will come from the east. 
And we will look up and there he will be at any moment. We have no clue. Just like the folks living in year 25 did not realize that Jesus was right there amidst them living in Nazareth. They had no idea that the Messiah was already on earth. All they had was their Old Testament. We could be the same way. There could be an Antichrist right here with us on earth. We have no clue how close we are, but the Bible tells us the time is near. Let's keep going here in our Bibles. Verse 4. John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne. The seven churches in Asia, what that's talking about is there were seven churches. One of them was, is the church in Ephesus, and that's where John, who's writing this, he's from. He's, he was kicked out of or arrested and in exile from. So when, in, starting in chapter 2, God has a message for these seven churches, and the messages are similar to what it is, is warning so that your love doesn't grow cold. For example, we had revival this week. God did a great thing. The Lord certainly moved. But that ended on Wednesday. Have you already forgotten about that? Have you already started to grow cold? That excitement that you had maybe this past week, has it been dampened already? That's one of the warnings. That's actually the first warning he gives in Revelation chapter 2. So that's what, he's giving this to a church, which also applies to us today. And it's interesting here. And when you read this verse, it talks about these seven spirits. This is a, this is a, remember, when you're reading the book of Revelation, it can be challenging to understand. We wouldn't, most Bible, Bible scholars would interpret these seven spirits to be the Holy Spirit because we're writing to seven churches, and these churches have the Holy Spirit. Not seven Holy Spirits, but they each have received the Holy Spirit. And we see the, the Trinity. We see God, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit here. Keep going here in verse 5, and we're going to see that. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has set us free from our sins by his blood. That's what Jesus does. When someone gets saved, when you walk this out and pray and receive Jesus in your life, literally, the blood of Jesus actually saves you. He sets you free. That's what it means to be free in Christ. Verse 6. And made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Look, he is coming with the clouds. This is the second coming. And every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. And so it will be. Amen. Do you know Jesus tells us here, <clears throat> or Jesus tells John through an angel, that he will be returning in the clouds Every single eye will see him. Did you wake up this morning and wonder, is Jesus coming back today? Could today be the day? Could today be the day I look up and there he is? Do you know the Bible tells us there will be a time where a lot of folks will just be going about their day, buying and selling, taking care of their daily business, and then it will happen. Jesus returns and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The reason why is when Christ returns, your fate is sealed. You can't drop down your knees and get saved right then. It's over. There's not a second chance. There's no purgatory. You are either saved or lost. 
Your salvation is sealed at the moment Jesus returns. That's why there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Bible tells us later on in Revelation 19 that those who are lost will be taken to the great white throne of judgment where it says all the books will be pulled out and they'll give an account for their life and they'll be found lacking because they do not have Christ. We are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the second coming for us as believers, it will be a time of celebration, but for those, most folks will mourn over Him. It will be a time of sadness. This is why we are passionate about sharing the gospel with lost people. I grew up in a church. I, 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 was, I was so active in my youth group at my church in Alabama. And I, grew, I graduated high school in 1997, which means I was in the youth group from like 92 up to 97. Well, do you all know what was going on in the 90s? In the 1990s, that was Y2K. Do you all remember Y2K? Does anybody know what that is? Anybody heard of Y2K? Y2K was all folks talked about in the 1990s because at the year 2000, every computer on earth was going to crash, airplanes are going to fall out of the sky, uh, no, no banks aren't going to work, anything electronic will die immediately because computers were not set and designed to go into the year 2000. And there was this fear all around us about the year 2000. Well, I had one of these youth pastors who I loved. You know how I said there was two guys, there was a fanatic, two types of revelation guys, the fanatic and also the ones that never talked about. The guy I grew up under, he kind of leaned more on the fanatic side, which I loved him for. About every other message Zach was from Revelation. <laughs> we love the book of Revelation because it was the mid-90s and it's coming. Jesus is coming back. This man taught youth group, guys, y'all need to be ready. He promised to us we would not see the year 2000 because Jesus is going to return. And it's, he's right around the corner. You need to be, I mean, he had you scared to death every single Wednesday night in Sunday school. Jesus is about to come. He's coming. Get ready. The time is near. Y2K. Everything's going to break. That's what, and so what happened was 2000 came and it was like, well, all right, we're still here. Jesus didn't come back. And here we are now. It's 2019. And if you're not careful, you get this attitude that says, well, you know, we'll just keep waiting. You just never know. And the Bible's commanding us, and we're going to see here, that we have to be ready because Jesus will return as a thief in the night when you least expect him. I believe he's going to come back on a Sunday. And the reason why is because Jesus was resurrected on a Sunday. Jesus will return and be ready to call those who believe in him up to heaven. Last verse here, verse 8. It says here, now look at this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. These words, Alpha and Omega, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter. So what Jesus is saying here, from A to Z, I'm the one. I'm the beginning and the end. There's no, there's no one else but Christ. Now what we see here in this passage, and what the Lord wants us to know, is that we have to be ready because the time is near, 
And while we're waiting for the return of Christ, we have to be obedient to God. How sad would it be if Jesus Christ came back on a Sunday and you're skipping church or you were involved in sin? How sad would it be if Christ returned? He came back here and we're sitting around doing nothing. Jesus left us on earth for the purpose of winning lost people. God wants His kingdom filled with souls who His Son died for. Every time someone dies and goes to hell without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's someone that maybe the gospel never got to, no one told them about Jesus, or they were hardened with sin. Our responsibility is to be bold in sharing the good news with others. That's why Jesus Christ is waiting. That's why there is this 2,000 now year delay for Christ's return. Because when he comes back, church, it's over. The book of Revelation, one of the reasons we don't study it a lot, and we, because you read some of the things going on, and you read about these unusual events that occur, and it's easy just to throw up your hands and go, well, what do I do with this? What am I to make of this? And the Bible even describes the book of Revelation as a mystery. God doesn't want us to know every detail. If someone has figured out the entire book, they're likely wrong. Because God has used this imagery so that you can't just sit there and say, oh, well, look, this is that. I, this is the fulfillment here. This is why we're here. The Bible says even the angels don't know when Jesus is going to return. Actually, Jesus doesn't even know when he's going to turn. At God's command, in God's word, will his son, sent by the Father, come back to earth. Do you know, I was talking to Keith Cook, and I was so proud of our church. You know, we had great revival, God certainly moved. And you know, Keith's, Keith's a full-time evangelist, so he was staying in that hotel right there. Um, took 22 minutes to drive over here. He could walk faster than he can get over here, than drive. But he was telling me that um, he was so appreciative of the folks here at our church. We had two different people took him out to Frisch's. One person took him to Malone's. One person took him down to the um, uh, Shaker Village. Someone took him to Keeneland, but he wouldn't tell me who. So I know somebody took him to Keeneland, a tour. I guess it was a tour. And he said, whatever you do, Keith, don't, don't tell pastor who took you here. So he went and toured that place with someone, but he wouldn't tell me who, who took him there. But he says, Dan, I want you to know, um, Keith, Keith was called to be an evangelist as a young man. He says, Dan, when I started in full-time evangelism, there were so many opportunities in churches. Like you would have revival after crusade, after event, all sorts of opportunities 40 years ago, 35, 40 years ago. But what's happened is a lot of churches aren't doing revivals they don't have evangelistic events anymore they just don't use evangelists harvesters like they used to and opportunities just aren't there in in baptist churches so what he's had to do is he now he used to not do this but now he accepts opportunities maybe like a pentecostal church or a non-denominational church or uh, different types of denominations but he says "I, i i spend a lot of my time now going out with all sorts of folks from different backgrounds, but they still believe in Jesus. But he says, it's interesting, you go to these churches, and what happens is, 
Baptist churches are really strong on their theology, meaning they believe the Bible. They're rooted in Scripture. They know what they believe. Baptist churches are really good on organization. They have people in place. They know how to run a church. You go to the average Baptist church, I mean, it's it's a well-oiled machine. They know what they're doing. Where they're weak at is on their evangelistic passion. They're soul winning. Their desire to completely see Lexington saved for the kingdom of God. So what happens is you've got the, they've got the theology, they've got the organization, but they're lacking on this, avenge, this passion for the gospel. He says, I go in these other churches. He said, I say a non-denominational church. They have all this desire to reach their city. They're just jumping for joy for Jesus. They are bringing their lost friends and communicating. Just Lots of folks get saved. But you go in these other denominations, a lot of them have terrible theology. They don't even know what they believe. And their organization is a joke. They're the most disorganized churches in the world. But they love Jesus and folks are getting saved. He says if the Baptist church... They've already got the theology, and they've got the organization. If they could just get a desire for Jesus, everyone will just explode. Because he says it takes those three things to see a healthy church grow. You've got to have biblical truth. You have to have strong organization and leadership. And you have to have a passion for Jesus. If you get that, Broadway Baptist Church will regularly be experiencing revival, or always in revival, where folks are constantly coming to know the Lord. There's a great movement of God. That's the type of church we want to be. And it's sad to see our great evangelists not really have very many opportunities even left in Baptist churches, because they aren't doing revivals because they're saying it doesn't work. It does work. The Holy Spirit works. If you pray and you come prepared, and you come inviting your friends, and you're expecting a move of God, God will answer that prayer. He wants folks to get saved. You know, the great thing what we see here in this book of Revelation, in the end, God wins. Do you want God to move in your life? Do you want to experience the blessings of God? Look up here on the screen. How will you be blessed from this book of Revelation? Look what it says here. Receive the blessing from hearing and keeping these words. God wants you to regularly hear and keep the word of God. You come to church every Sunday. You hear God's word proclaimed. In fact, this is the one book that even says you're supposed to audibly share, read these words. You keep it. That means on Monday, you're living this out. That means you are actually applying this. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you know someone, you see someone who doesn't know the Lord, you share the good news with them. You tell them what Christ can do in their life. Number two, you receive the greeting from God. He brings a message for the church. This book, the book of Revelation, is a message for you. God gave it to us for the purpose so you will receive it. He says, he describes it in verse four as a greeting. He's saying, hello, churches in Asia. This is for you. You apply this. Number three, you receive the second coming of Christ. We must be prepared when Jesus comes with the clouds. That's exactly what the Bible says. We can't be caught off guard. 
You don't want to have unconfessed sin. Christ is coming back just, just like He came a first time in the year zero and left in year 33. He's coming back. We do not know the year. Now, my youth pastor I grew up, he says, you know, if you look at the Bible, you see how God works in 2,000-year increments. For example, this is the truth. You trace back the Bible, Adam and Eve came around about 6,000 years ago. Then, from there, you go another 2,000 years, and you get around Moses. God called called the Israelites out of slavery. Then 2,000 more years, all of a sudden, you arrive when Jesus came. Then you fast forward another 2,000 years, and you're in 2019. Now, that's for my youth pastor, who was on the fanatic side. That's how he was dating. <laughs> I remember hearing this over and over and over. Then we got to be ready, because this is 2,000 years. Y2K is coming. But think about it in truthfulness. Let's go back. Year 25. Jesus is on earth. All we have is the Old Testament. We had no clue there was a man living in Nazareth who was only five years away from going to the Jordan River and getting baptized by John the Baptist. And that's how his ministry started. He was just he was working in the wood shop, going about his day. And he, the Messiah was right there with them. The time is near. Any moment, Jesus Christ could come back. Antichrist could already be here on earth. I want to see our last scripture we're going to see. Then we'll be done. Turn your Bibles, book of 2 Thessalonians. This is important because this is what the book of Revelation is going to tell us what's going to happen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. It says here, Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ... And are being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be easily upset or troubled, either by a prophecy or by a message, or by a letter supposedly from us, alleging that the day of the Lord has come. So what happens, Paul's writing this church, saying, guys, you're going to know when the second coming's coming. Don't be worried about it. Verse 3, very important verse. Don't let anyone deceive you. In any way, for that day will not come unless the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. Look at this. The Bible's telling us here do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Do you know what that means? Folks are being deceived. If you or I aren't careful, the end times will sneak up on us. Things will happen in this book and we've missed it. We've been fooled. Do you know what's being mailed to everybody in Kentucky? I bet you received one of these flyers. You open up, it's really, I mean, slick, really nice looking thing. And you read it here and it's the first thing it asks. What does the Quran say about Jesus? Who received this? It's being mailed to three people here in Kentucky. So... <laughs> <laughs> if you check your mail and you at least look through it, you, you should see it. Do you know Muslims are mailing this? Now, a question like that, right off the bat, who are they targeting? 
You know who they're targeting? Targeting us. If that's their first question to teach us about Islam, who, what does the Quran say about Jesus? And it has a, all this FAQ stuff answering questions about Islam in a very positive, very 2019 language. That's deception. That's an example. Now look at this word right here. For that day will not come unless the apostasy. Do you know what that word means? Apostasy? That's a church word. It means falling away. Do you know what will lead up to the second coming of Christ? A falling away. Falling away means there will be people who think they're saved. This is what we call nominal and non-committed Christians. Maybe they walked the aisle at a revival or a VBS. And they even maybe got baptized, but they haven't been to church in 20 years. Have you ever met somebody that claims they're saved, but they haven't been to church in 20 years? Is that possible? How could you be a born-again disciple of Jesus, yet you have no interest in coming and worshiping Him on Sundays? Jesus called the church His bride. If you hate church or you're not interested in church, you just basically said, Jesus, I'm not interested in you. That's like, I'll pick on, that's like Ray and Marcy here. There's a couple in the front row, second pew there. I go up to Ray and say, Ray, you're my best friend, but I hate your wife. <laughs> what on earth? Would Ray return my favor and be my best friend? Could he be best friends with me if I just do not like Marcy? I'm not going to the baby shower. I'm, not, I'm against it. That, that's what you're saying. If you, if you love Jesus, yet you hate church, that is exactly, Jesus Christ called the church his bride. And what happens is there's this apostasy, Broadway Baptist, that's going to happen. It's a falling away. The, the love for the Lord grows cold. Have you ever heard somebody describe salvation as fire insurance? There's no such thing as fire insurance. You're either a fully devoted disciple of Jesus or you're not. You either have a hot heart and love the Lord or you're lost. There is no middle area with Christ. Christ is calling you and I to live in a state of revival, to love His church. Listen, there's lots of things wrong with churches. You just go down the list. Something's always wrong around here. But this is what Jesus, the only organization Jesus Christ established. This is it. It was established by the Lord. Every Sunday we come to what we call the Lord's Day to worship Him with the public reading and the, of His Word and praising His name. Why do we do this? Because one day, if we aren't careful, the time is near, there will be this deception all around us and folks will be fooled. Fooled. And you have to say this morning, have I been deceived? Have I forgotten that Jesus' number one purpose is for me to live for Him and to be a soul winner and invite other folks here and tell their people about Jesus and to be ready for the second coming and teach my family and my friends and my co-workers and my classmates about the Lord? Otherwise, this type of stuff will show up in your mailbox. Well, this looks neat. I think I'll look into it. Deception. 
We're about to have our invitation. Invite, Chris, I'm going to invite the band to come forward. While they're coming forward, I want you to think about this. We just had an incredible revival. God moved. Some of you, some of you, the coldness is already starting to set back in. The deception. At one point, there was a closeness in your life. If you can think of a time in your life that you were closer to Christ than you are now, something is wrong. Something's wrong. We need to be disciples of Christ. That we are fully aware that at any moment, Jesus Christ could come back and we need to be ready. And in the meantime, we need to be obedient in hearing and keeping His Word. That's what the Bible's telling us. This morning we're going to have our invitation, our time of response. If you didn't respond during revival, you didn't respond this past week, the revival continues now. You make it public. You say yes to Christ. Christ is calling you and I to be ready. He's calling you and I to respond. And that response starts with saying, Christ, I want you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. So let's stand together. Chris and the band are going to lead us. I'll be standing down front waiting for you to respond this morning. Great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written jesus christ my living hope who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the god of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken I am forgiven, the King of kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, pray. 
I've broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Let's sing that again. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the great has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. Broken every day, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope, Jesus Christ, my living hope, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Amen. You can be seated for a moment as we... As we leave this morning, uh, we want you to know that the time of response is never over. Uh, but the Spirit works uh, any day, not just Sunday. Uh, and so we are always available if you want to learn more about what it means to follow Jesus or learn more about what it means to be a member here at Broadway. I'm going to invite Huey Adams. Huey is one of our deacons here at Broadway. Uh, Huey's going to pray for us, and then we'll be dismissed this morning. Let's pray, please. Gracious Lord, we just want to thank you for the chance to just come here and worship you and just give you all the praise, Lord. Lord, this past week has just been a miraculous week with the Breeding uh, Fox event. Just pray for all the, the decisions that were made. Lord, it was very, very clear that you were moving there. Father, just be with us through this day and through this week. Let the Revival not end now, but just continue to build. 
know, your word just needs to just stay in our hearts and just and just permeate us and just allow us just to live for you, Lord. Father, just be with those that are on our prayer list. Just pray that your will be done in each and every case there, Lord. Lord, just be with us throughout this day, for we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Before you go, one thing that we do want to highlight, don't forget, uh, again, hope you're reading your bulletin on the screens as you come and go. Uh, next Sunday, September 22nd, we are starting our Next Steps class here, in Bro- here at Broadway. That's going to meet in our library. It's on this back hallway right behind the sanctuary. If you are a new member or you're interested in becoming a member or learning more about what it means to be a member here at Broadway, we'd encourage you to check that out. Uh, Pastor Daniel or the folks at the Welcome Center can give you more information in the back of our sanctuary. You're dismissed. Hope you all have a great afternoon. We'll see you soon.